in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. Rounds of rain have left parts of Texas underwater. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Jennifer Sanders in for Britt Moreno. And I'm D Daniel Marin from Central Texas down to San Antonio and even as far as Beaumont. Flooding is a big concern this afternoon. Yeah, but let's start closest to home in Fayette County. Right now, the Colorado River is at flood stage in LaGrange. Now, that area got over a foot of rain in the last 72 hours. Our crews captured some videos showing roads underwater and worries about students being able to see safely come to school led several districts to push back the start time or cancel classes altogether. Giddings ISD already announced that it will start classes two hours late tomorrow. Fayette County deputies had to deal with several dangerous water rescues because of people driving through low water crossings. If you see high water, turn around, don't risk it. You know, you don't know what's underneath that water. You know, yeah, it may seem there's a roadway there, but you know, when water's rushing, it, it washes that stuff out. And when you get in it, it's, it's too late. It's too late. And here are some photos from Schulenburg. You see the road blocked off there. Buckner Creek spilled over its banks and dozens of roads were shut down in that area as the rain fell. And let's take a look at the video out of San Antonio showing a police car stranded in floodwaters. The officer got stuck while trying to block off the flooded intersection this morning. And then further south in Beaumont, drivers stranded as well. You can see in this video cars stuck under overpasses being towed out of the heavy flood waters. So let's get right to KXAN Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. David, is there any more rain on the way? There sure is, Daniel, and here it is crossing the border from Mexico into southwest Texas, 193 miles from Austin right now and closing the gap over the next five or six hours. This rain tonight is falling on top of an incredible amount of rain east of I-35. The radar not terribly active, especially in the hill country, but a few scattered showers redeveloping and moving into Austin where things are already quite wet for your rush hour. A flood warning in effect from Smithville down into Fayette County, Giddings southward on Highway 77, and a little sliver of eastern Caldwell County. This is where some absurd rain totals over a foot have been observed over the past several days. The flood warning, especially for rural creeks and low water crossings, and also the Colorado River in LaGrange, that continues until 6 p.m. It may be extended further. There is a river flood warning for the Colorado River at LaGrange, but this is just a minor flood stage. It is just over 26 feet deep, but at that minor flood stage, there are actually no impacts to homes or businesses. Just some rural fields and low water crossings are flooded. Tonight, we're tracking another round of rain. I'll show you how much to expect and how long the flood threat lasts. Also, finally, an extended sunny period returning. All right, David, thank you very much. Well, Governor Greg Abbott says the state needs to defend its borders from an invasion of undocumented immigrants. The governor issued a statement today citing articles in the U.S. Constitution. He says show that the state has the right to supersede federal law and enforce immigration rules. Now, this is something the governor has said before. This latest statement comes just days after the U.S. Supreme Court granted a request by the Biden administration to allow federal border patrol agents to cut razor wire placed along the Rio Grande at the order of the governor. Now going in depth earlier this month, a mother and her two children drowned trying to cross the Rio Grande near Eagle Pass in a park now, that is now under the state's control. The Department of Homeland Security sent Texas officials a cease and desist letter demanding control of that particular part of the border. The White House claims Texas officials blocked U.S. Border Patrol agents from attempting to save the migrants. Texas authorities call that wholly inaccurate. The victims were later identified as an eight-year-old girl and 10-year-old boy traveling with their mother. 
Well, some people in Kyle woke up this morning to two loud booms. And when they looked outside their window, flashing lights and a SWAT team surrounded an apartment with members ultimately forcing their way in to make an arrest. KXN's Sarah Alshan describes what neighbors saw and who pays for the damage in these situations. You can see where all of it was happening right there. A bird's eye view of SWAT at an apartment complex in Kyle. 6.03, I heard the first bang. I thought it was nothing. And then I heard the second one probably about a minute later. This woman who didn't want to show her face tells us she woke up to those loud bangs. When she looked outside. They broke the window and I actually saw the officer yank his blinds off the frame completely. The Drug Enforcement Administration tells KXAN the Hayes County Sheriff's Office helped with an arrest warrant at the apartment. For about an hour, there was a shelter in place. This video shows what it looks like on scene. Probably like 20 or 30 SWAT guys that I saw that like, you know, came out in bunch because I watched up until they all left. Brianna Donaldson lives in the same building where it happened. It's something that I expect out of Austin <laughs> more than anything. It was odd to experience that here. Now boarded up windows and bent patio rails mark the scene. Philip Doak, the president of Southwest Insurance Center, says the renter's insurance and complex's insurance should cover any damages. As far as the window, uh, it would be covered by the owner of the complex on a master policy. The master policy covers outside, windows, roof, brick. The renter's insurance would cover that person's contents. While now over, witnesses say what happened will stay with them. It makes me kind of question, should I still keep living here or should I move somewhere else? Sarah Olshah, KXAN News. And the apartment complex said someone would reach back out to KXAN for comments, but we haven't heard anything just yet. The race to the White House is now on to South Carolina. Despite losing in New Hampshire and Iowa, former South Carolina governor and U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley says don't count her out just yet. NBC's Alice Bart reports. There's a better choice for a better America. With new campaign ads and a rally tonight, Nikki Haley is already zeroing in on her home state of South Carolina. The next big test in the race for the Republican presidential nomination. This race is far from over. But the former U.N. ambassador and South Carolina governor has an even tougher path ahead than in New Hampshire, where she lost by double digits last night to former President Trump. Still, Haley, who performed well among self-described moderate and independent voters, argues she's the better candidate to run against President Biden. The worst kept secret in politics is how badly the Democrats want to run against Donald Trump. The former president who dominated among core Republican voters clearly frustrated by Haley's refusal to drop out, arguing on social media she can never win in the general election because she will never get MAGA. He slammed her on stage after his New Hampshire win. Let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. And just a little note to Nikki, she's not going to win. President Biden, fresh off a write-in win in New Hampshire's Democratic primary, scoring another victory today, an endorsement from the United Auto Workers Union. I kept my commitment to be the most pro-union president ever. The Biden campaign calling Mr. Trump one of the most anti-union and anti-worker presidents in American history, already looking past the primary to the November election. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. 
Well, water worries, the proposed development causing neighbors to be concerned their wells will run dry. The extra flight just added to Austin's airport will make it easier for golf fans to see one of the top tournaments in the world. And lights out, the central Texas town just named our newest dark sky community. A recent quarterback transfer to Texas State will leave the school and the program. This after questions about his past. The Bobcats athletic director put out a statement today saying Jaden Delara withdrew as a student and will not be a part of the Texas State football program. Delara played for Arizona and Washington State, being named the 2021 Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year. His transfer to Texas State was announced last week. San Antonio Express noted that that came a day after a civil sex assault lawsuit involving Delora was settled. It relates to an allegation from 2018 when Delora was a juvenile in Hawaii. Now, the student newspaper, the University Star, ran an opinion piece from the editor-in-chief just yesterday criticizing the signing of Delora at Texas State. The Bobcats are coming off the first bowl victory in program history. Cervical cancer rates are increasing among women in their 30s and 40s. Diagnoses among women ages 30 to 44 rose almost 2% each year from 2012 to 2019. According to health experts, most of the cancers in those age groups were early curable tumors. And over 13,000 American women are diagnosed with cervical cancer each year and more than 4,300 die from it. Researchers are still unsure why cervical cancer is becoming more common, but they do believe screening may play a role. Well, Delta Airlines is adding an extra flight out of Austin to make it easier for people to see the 2024 Masters Tournament. Austin is one of nine routes getting the expanded schedule with extra flights to Augusta, Georgia on April 10th and 15th. The airline said that Austin is seeing high passenger demand for nonstop service to the Masters. Making sure everyone in Central Texas can access the water they need, why the development near Hamilton Pool has so many neighbors upset. And you might be wondering if this week's incredible rainfall has helped the lakes. Unfortunately, no, it's all fallen downstream of the Highland Lakes. Lake Travis has risen by five inches this week, but it's still got 50 feet if we want to fill it up. But more rain coming next in your forecast. Homeowners along the Pertinalis River are in a fight this week trying to prevent the construction of a new development, Mirasol Springs. MKXAN's Eric Henriksen has been following the battle over the land right near Hamilton Pool and explains why some are concerned its construction could be bad news for Austin's water supply. A debate over water permits accompanied by song. Not enough water to go. The battle over Mirasol Springs and how much water the developers can pump has drawn support. What would happen if this proposed development fell through and another developer were to get the property? And ire. I've had nobody respond to me in support of the development. Situated on the border of Hayes and Travis County, the conservation-focused development has spent years drawing up a unique set of plans. I reaffirm our commitment as a family now to do the best we can to protect this rare treasure of the Hill Country. At Bee Cave City Hall, Steve Wynn, the man behind Mirasol Springs, presented to the Southwestern Travis County Groundwater Conservation District. Our goal, if our permits are approved, is to take no more water out of the aquifers than we put back in it. Mirasol is requesting the ability to draw 82,000 gallons of groundwater a day. 
In December, both Travis and Hayes GCDs countered Mirasol's permits with their own, reducing the amount that can be drawn in Hayes County and restricting draws to the deeper, lower Trinity Aquifer after 2026. We're saying to the groundwater districts, we like your permit, it just didn't go far enough. Tom Smitty-Smith spoke at the public meeting. He's one of many that's concerned that the development could endanger local springs and the Pernales River. The people in the room said there's just not enough water. Wynn and the team with Mirasol said they hope the steps they've taken to protect the land will change minds and hopefully strike up a new tune. Not enough water to go around. Monday's hearing was the first of two this week. The second will take place Thursday night in Dripping Springs. It will focus on four proposed wells in Hayes County. Later this year, representatives from Mirasol and the public will have a final, more formal series of hearings. Those hearings will determine if and how much groundwater Mirasol can draw. Eric Hendrickson, back to you. Eric, thanks. Last year, water rose to the top of our minds in central Texas. Purple lines on the graph behind me show how much water flowed into our lakes. 2023 had the fourth worst inflows in history into the Highland Lakes. The year prior, 2022, had the worst, period. That means less water flowed into Lake Travis, the drinking water supply for the city of Austin. Let's talk about the rain that is out there this evening. Things starting to improve water-wise in terms of our aquifer levels from Austin eastward. A lot of water flowing down the Colorado River in Bastrop, Smithville, and LaGrange. But unfortunately, that's all downstream of the Highland Lakes, so it doesn't really affect our water supply problem. Uh, unfortunately too much. The flood warning though that's in effect for eastern Bastrop and all of Fayette County, this was just extended, no longer expiring at 6 p.m., now expiring at midnight tonight as we discuss the Colorado River in minor flood stage in LaGrange. In Austin, it's been a wet day, on and off rain redeveloping and moving in from the south. A couple little moderate downpours near Buda, Canyon Lake moving toward the city. Notice the rainfall totals over the past three days, incredibly disappointing in the western hill country where we need it if it flows into the lakes. Three to five inches in the Austin area though, and nine to 12 plus inches now in parts of Lee and Fayette counties. Unbelievable that we're getting this in January. No doubt El Nino having a hand in these rains. Over the last three days, Muldoon, 12.56 inches and counting. LaGrange, Fayetteville, over 10 or even over 11 inches. And we've got one more round coming and then some sunshine. 56 right now on a still Lake Marble Falls. Cloudy with some light fog on the Highland Furniture River City Grill Cam. Officially today in Austin, we ended up with two-thirds of an inch, but look at the monthly total. It's off the charts. This is now our sixth wettest January on record in Austin, and the airport, 6.28 inches so far this month. That's an even more impressive fifth wettest January to this point. We still have this big storm system cranking just to our west, but it's actually starting to move to the east. So this is why after one more round of rain generating itself right now over the Rio Grande River, this is heading our way. Then we finally have some drier weather to look toward. In the meantime, though, where all that rain has fallen and with more on the way, runoff and flooding problems will continue. We have a flood watch for our eastern counties, not Travis County, until noon tomorrow. Rain pretty steady at times over the next few hours from Austin eastward. The next round of widespread th uh, thunderstorms, though, this arrives later tonight. I showed you at the top of the broadcast and just now that round of storms to our southwest. It starts to move in by 9, 10 o'clock, by 11 and midnight tonight. 
widespread heavy rain and some thunderstorms. Now, this shouldn't make flooding problems too uh, much worse than they already are. These storms will be quick movers, but they may produce some more heavy rain, some lightning, even some gusty winds. Notice, look at that torrential rain predicted around midnight in Highway 77 corridor. By 2 a.m., though, the worst is moving out, and tomorrow will be foggy for the first half of the day, but it will be drier by the afternoon with finally some sunshine returning. Additional rainfall tonight, very light in the hill country, unfortunately. Welcome in Austin, but not terribly concerning in our eastern counties. About an inch, inch and a half more, all that we're thinking that we see. So yes, the creek flows and river flows will remain high, but I don't think they get much worse than they have been, as I mentioned. Okay, so tonight, rain and thunderstorms, some dense fog developing as well. 48 to your forecast low. Tomorrow, it's a very gray and damp start with fog in place, but some clearing late, and that's a good sign. A little warm up to 62. On Friday, clouds are actually more abundant with a couple sprinkles possible. But then finally, saying goodbye to this week of wet weather, breezy sunshine and cooler mornings kicking in this weekend. And a nice stretch of dry weather extends through the middle of next week. All right, David, thank you. Another Central Texas community is getting international recognition for keeping the lights turned low. So the city of Jonestown, located on the north shore of Lake Travis, is now officially designated as a dark sky community. The International Dark Sky Association Association granted it that designation this month. That organization is dedicated to combating light pollution, making it easier for people to enjoy stargazing. Jonestown has an ordinance in place that requires developments comply with strict lighting standards. Central Texas is home to a few dark sky communities. In fact, the International Dark Sky Association named Wimberley its dark sky place of the year. That was in 2003. And online right now at KXAN.com, we've got a map for you showing you exactly exactly where everything is located. Well, up next, parts of vehicles that can fly off while you're driving. The big recall impacting millions of drivers. eBay will cut about a thousand jobs or about 9% of its full-time workforce. The company CEO sent a message to staff yesterday saying the company's number of employees and costs have exceeded how much the business is growing in a slowing economy eBay is the latest tech company to roll out a series of layoffs after quickly ramping up hiring during the pandemic when people were spending more time and money online. Ford is recalling nearly 2 million Explorer SUVs over a potential safety hazard. A piece of the trim that covers roof supports could fly off, so that recall is for models from 2011 through 2019. Ford said it is aware of 568 consumer complaints and more than 14,000 warranty reports about the missing or detached parts. It's not aware, though, of any related crashes or injuries. Owners whose cars have been affected by the recall will be notified starting March 13th. Shares of Netflix rose 10% today amid some positive news about its subscribers. After cracking down on password sharing, the company reported it added more than 13 million subscribers in the December quarter. That's the company's largest ever fourth quarter subscriber growth. Now this brings the total number of subscribers to 260 million. And it comes despite the streaming service increasing prices.